Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In 2015, 14 people left behind their everyday lives to take part in a brand new social experiment. Could they stay hidden for 28 days battling against paranoia, isolation and a crack team of experts whose mission it was to hunt them down? It was a battle against the state and the platform for a programme that since hooked a nation as viewers asked themselves one question. Do we really have what it takes to go dark? Or in the modern world of detection, would we be hunted? Being hunted is not a nice feeling. It's like a real mental mind games. All they've got on me is, is hoping they ruin my mind. That was scary. My God, I need pooed my pants. Have a nice cup of tea. I'll wait for this all to blow over. We're going on the run for some serious bastard burning. Whatever we have to do, Mummy, whatever it takes. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Charlie, ask you, we're going to the rear of the premises. Roger that. He's coming around the back. Get in the, get in the bedroom and draw the curtains now. I must admit, I am shaking. No, don't shake, don't be scared. It will be a week tomorrow since they've withdrawn any cash. Yeah. Will they surface? Will they come up for air? Oh, shit, it's myself. Oh, God, thank you, thank you, gents. We need to believe in it. When I stood there, they pulled up, bang outside our caravan, and I looked at them, and they looked at me. And I just went... So they know it. They know where we're here. No, because I'm disguised. Not much. I think if they know where we're here, why are we hiding in the fucking bedroom? You've been hunted. <laughs> come with me, please. My name's Craig. And I'm Nat. In 2022, we discovered Hunted and are now obsessed. Now, in the absence of a new series, we've gone back to the start as we attempt to answer our unanswered questions. Like, who needs the Hunter team when the UK has swans of death? Will everything really blow over if you have a cuppa whilst the Hunters play Knockador Catchy Fugitive? And did we nearly discover the setting for a Netflix murder drama at a wet, dull, spooky campsite in Wales? Hey, want to hear a joke? Go on then. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ground Hunters. Ground Hunters who? Ground Hunters who got to capture you! <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to the, the Hunted, Hunted Podcast. Podcast. You could try to pray, but you're never gonna be me. 
can't stain from the people who deceive me Muddy hands break through the chains, go free me People like sheep move feet, hurt it easy You don't wanna be fast asleep when they scheme me Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me When they try the chains, you can say no, free me Hello there, dear listener, and welcome back to the Hunted Podcast. Is it the year 2023 or is it the year 2015? Time travel? No, just the Channel 4 app or whatever it's called. Okay, right. If you don't know what we're doing by now, we're re-watching Series 1 of Hunted, which originally aired in 2015. Please do go and watch it, otherwise you might not understand what we're rambling on about in the show because we do include lots of spoilers and you might not understand some of the little in-jokes. Nope. As always, if you want to contact us and share your thoughts on all things Hunted, whether it's a fugitive, whether it's a question you've got about the show, whatever it may be, as long as it's Hunted related, then please do get in touch via all of the usual methods. Twitter, at HuntedPod. Instagram, at HuntedPod. Facebook, just HuntedPod. Or email HuntedPod at Outlook.com. And we do have a WhatsApp number as well. If you want to send us a voice note, the number that you need is in the description. We would read it out, but neither of us can really remember what it is. And we don't want to have to stop it in case we're wrong and some random and get some voice notes. <laughs> right, shall we move on? Yeah, go on then. Where are we? Uh, we're on Series 1, Episode 5. Ooh, getting close to the end then. Yeah. And we still have, what, four fugitives to meet at this point? Yeah. I have a feeling we'll meet them. Well, I know we're going to meet them by the yeah, end of this yeah, show because we've know. just watched it, yep. haven't we? Uh, remind us who's still in the game then, who's gone and where we're at. OK, so at the end of last week, um, we had Stephen and Martin who were... They were somewhere in Wales, basically. They are in a woodland, I think. Yep, and then we had Emily and Lauren who had split up. Lauren was hitchhiking... Emily was by the sea and jumped off a happy train. And more importantly, who have we seen and gone? Because okay. we do have some back references which we're going to rant about in this show. So, hold on. That's really bad for a podcast, to turning your paper over. Sorry. In front of the microphone. Sorry. She's not. So, back in episode one, Sandra and Elizabeth were caught in Mansfield. Episode two, Davinda and Harinda were caught in a shop. Back in episode three, Ricky Allen was caught. On a train. On a train. On a train. Uh, And last time, Adam was caught in episode four, getting off a bus. So we've had bus, shop, train, bus. Yeah. I wonder what we'll get this time. Ooh. Sadly, she didn't get caught coming off the happy train last week. I know. That would have made it a super happy train. Also, you know how I watch it back to get like the little clips for the edit? Yeah. I noticed that she jumped off the happy train whilst it was moving. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah, I, they do, I mean, feels... they don't go really, really quick. No, but still, it must be, what, maybe one, one, two, three miles an hour? Yeah, it was still a little bit silly. She could have yeah. got hurt. Yeah, and then the, cam- the camera person must have thought, what the fuck is she doing? Do you doing? think the camera person just stayed on like, I'm at the seaside. Here I'm we just going to have some fun. Just sitting there thinking, here we go again. <laughs> Absolute numpty, this one. Right, um, let's uh, remind ourselves then of uh, who we've got at the minute. Let's go with the two... Um, that we've seen so far because spoiler alert we do get we do manage by the end of this episode to have seen all of the fugitives as we get introduced to Emma and Adam and uh, and Freddie and Jackie for yep. the teeth in you can tell it's early on a Sunday morning when we're recording <laughs> this um, we do see a little bit more of Lauren and Emily well Emily more than Lauren yeah so let's do a quick update on Lauren okay. we'll do Emily later in the show as a bit of a Buffer. Um, 
So Lauren is in a hotel room on the edge of the Peak District that she got for 20 quid. Uh, and she's 18 days in at this point. She's blagged that hotel room, and as she goes into it, she cries into a towel. Yeah, because it smells nice. I mean, to be fair, if I was in, in a hotel room in Derbyshire, I'd probably cry in a towel as well. Because you're in Derbyshire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's all we see of Lauren, but we do see uh, Emily, who is 100 miles south east of her, and we'll pick up that story later on in the show. <laughs> well, another quickie. I know you're a fan of them. <laughs> Go on, then. Stephen and Martin. Go on, then. Um, they're not feeling great as they're walking... Or Stephen's not feeling great as Mark, as Martin has a little um, stream wash. Yep. We see them walking down a, a canal path where a swan stares them out. <laughs> that swan looked like a proper dick. It absolutely did. It absolutely did. One of them called it the swan of death. And they see them both, like, scared to walk past it. It was Minnie scary. Was there, like, it was, cock of the it was literally like, come at me. Yeah, come on then, dickhead. I'll have you both. Yeah. We're giving it all the hissing noise and everything. They do eventually, like, walk past it at a bit of a canter. Call it the swan of death. But, I mean, imagine that, being cornered by a swan. It's not nice, though, is it? I, like, I always... We've got a walk around here in the, the reservoir up near the hospital. That's got loads of swans in it. And we take Harry around it sometimes. I just think, you're dickheads. They, don't, they do look like dickheads. I have a question. In yeah. fact, I have all the questions. Yeah. What is the purpose of a swan? They... Do they now belong to the king? It's a good question. You know, because Queenie's gone. Yeah. Do they now belong to the king? Imagine on his first day. Right, right. so what would you like to do as your first day king? Kill the fucking swans. <laughs> swans in the dickhead category are closely followed by geese. And seagulls. And seagulls. All three pointless animals. Yeah. Come at me, animal brigade. Yeah, come at us. You ain't going to win I that. I like birds, so come at me. You're not going to win that argument. Nope. Uh, but yeah, they've been stared out by a spawn. They run off and that's the last we see of them. We okay. see them for literally 10 seconds in part three. And then they're done. And then they're done for this episode. Yeah. Um, we will obviously see a lot more of them in episode six, yeah. which is next week. Um, right. Um, do we go with Emily and sort of have a catch up with her? Or do you want to break up the two sets of fugitives by putting Emily in the middle like a... Let's do an Emily sandwich. sandwich. Let's do yeah. an Emily sandwich. All right, who do you want to go with first? Do you want to go um, married couple or do you want to go son-in-law and, and mother-in-law I say let's, and a rant? I say let's do married couple and let's save the rant for the end because I don't know if I'll be able to move on to something else after that. Trust me, it's going to be a good one, so make sure you keep <laughs> listening. Um, and if you want to have a rant as well and you agree or disagree with... Swan and bird comment, or about anything we're going to say in the show, please do feel free to get in touch. Twitter at Hunted Pod, Instagram at Hunted Pod, Facebook Hunted Pod, or email Hunted Pod at Outlook.com. Right, married couple. Yes. Let's be introduced to uh, to said married couple, shall we? At HQ, the hunters are keen to play catch up in their search for a newly married couple who have been proving elusive. Emma and Adam Channel, what do we know? He's from Southampton, she's from Paris. They were married September 30th. They're young, they're smart, they're together, they will plan and they'll execute it better than anybody else. I think there's a romance in the idea of going off on a big adventure together. We're at a really good point at our relationship, That's I think, true. right now. We're kind of, you know, we're just married. We haven't got any kids yet. The only thing we will know is that we have each other and that we love each other and the rest will be fate. 
has a great sense of humor, very, very cynical and sarcastic, quite properly British sense of humor, which I'm really crazy about. It's ridiculous. I never believed in love at first sight, but there was just something about her that I just thought, even without having spoken a single word to her, I thought she's the one. Emma and Adam, channel, newly married. That, that's all I can give you. Yes. They're somewhere on the Yorkshire Dales. And when we get introduced to them, uh, oh, by the way, I know how you like this, right? What number fugitives are these when we see them? Number eight. According to the board, they're 5A and 5B. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, anyway, when we first see them in part one, when we introduce them in part one, unless I've blinked and missed it, we have no idea how long they've been gone. Nope. All we see is them in the Yorkshire Dales going rural after leaving their city life behind. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think it's Adam, says it's fucking disgusting here. Oh, and Emma is also pissing in a cup. And throwing it out of the tent. And throwing it out of the tent. Uh, and I wrote down, not cut out for, for rural. But what we know about these, to start off with, married couple, newly married couple. Yeah. Um, both work in PR. Yeah. Sort of my area. Met each other, I presume, at the office and whirlwind romance and all of that. Got married, yet to have kids, but kids pending. Kids pending during the run. Um, they didn't get it on in a tent or anything. Well, they might have done, but we just didn't see it on camera. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So she is weaning a cup, throwing it out of a tent. They're not cut out for rural life. Meanwhile, in London, Danny and Nick are doing a flat bin hunt for a little for for some some clues. Um, and as it becomes Evident their husband and wife. We get a lovely quote from, from Peter Blexley. We do. Um, who says, if I were to become a fugitive with my wife, uh, I'd, if I were to become a fugitive, I'd become a fugitive with my wife. She's my best mate. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. I mean, we're not married. No. I mean, you never know. Well, I mean, I do. Ain't happening. Jokes. Um, <laughs> banter. Um, <laughs> being a couple... I can't think of anyone else I would go on the run with. Right. Mainly because I don't know anyone. But also, I don't... I mean, we don't have arguments. We've had, like, one argument. Yeah. And the entire six-ish years yeah. we've been together. I don't know whether being on the run would break us. Like, you you do see it with these, don't you, that, like, he's oh, really I getting think, pissed off with her. I think we would get annoyed at each other. I think... I might get annoyed at the fact that you like to sit down every so often... Yeah. Like, when we take Harry for long walks, we have to find benches. Look, I'm not an athletic guy, right? <laughs> I am basically Adam Young. <laughs> I haven't got the skills to be outside. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to carry all this equipment. It's It just wouldn't wouldn't happen. We'd be crying in styles in hotels. Yeah, we would. We would. Yeah. We'd be getting caught, sleep, like, sleeping at people's houses and stuff. We would not be able to go rural. We'd get caught in a McDonald's. Yeah, or a Nando's. Stop the Nando's! We'd get caught in a Nando's. Yep, we would. Yeah, we would get caught in a Nando's. Although, if we didn't have a lot of money, I think we probably would be using... See, we'd have to take a burner phone, which has got the McDonald's app load on it, so you could use your (laughs) points. Not sponsored by McDonald's. However, if you do want to hit us up... I'll take all the points. Take all those points. Shall we get back to these two? Yeah, sorry. Please do. Yep. Um, So... Yeah, Nick and Danny go to their flat, um, and I've got that they find a printout of um, Wild Camping in Dartmoor. Ah, you got more than me. Well, that's all I got about it. Okay, right. Um, but I think HQ thought it was a decoy, um, and obviously we then see that they are trekking in the Yorkshire Dales and camping at night, um, and then we see that they're starting to struggle 
with the conditions. Yeah, and we sort of um, get Emma saying that she wants to puke and that she's she more than Adam is really struggling yeah. with the conditions. But I understand it. If you've been used to, I mean, let's presume at this point that they're still within their first three, four days of being on the run. Like we said, mm-hmm. we don't know because they didn't fucking tell us. Nope. I'm so glad it changed in future series. <laughs> um, they didn't tell us. Let's say they're in the first three, four, five days of being on the run. Mm-hmm. They've gone from this presumed luxurious-ish city life, yeah. these home comforts of having a nice warm house, a nice soft bed, soft furnishings, cushions, nice smells, yeah. comfort, yeah. to being outdoor mm-hmm. where it's cold, pissing down with rain, yeah. not had a shower, not had a wash, not really been able to eat what you want either because you've not had the facilities to do it yeah and all you're doing all day every day instead of being around your friends and having a good time and laughing like we see later in the episode with them they're just walking from a to b with no real direction of where they want to go or what they're doing they're just moving yeah and you can really really tell that it's getting to her and we can understand why later in the later in the show when it's revealed after what happens that she, they found out she was yeah. pregnant and that she was expecting a baby. So obviously hormones and stuff were really, really um, playing a part in that. Mm. But still, I think for anyone taking away the, the pregnancy aside, if you go from box A, which is full of this warm, comfort, safe surroundings where you're just at ease with everything and you just get used to it, to go to the complete opposite, to go to the complete extreme... I think that is going to pose problems for anyone. Yeah. And not just in terms of, like, the differences between the two, but also I think as a couple, it's, it is really going to put it put it on you. And, yeah, you can... I don't know. It must be really, really frustrating for for both of them, really. Well, yeah, because we see, we see a bit later on that they have a, a difference in opinion... Yeah. Um, which we will come to. Um, but for now, we see that HQ get CCTV of their cash point usage, which we are then told is a, is on something like is something like an hour after they're told they're on the run. Minutes in. Minutes in. They go to the cash point, they take money out. Um, but from that CCTV, they are seen getting into a car. HQ get AMPR of that car which shows them going to Milton Keynes train station. They are then seen getting on a train to Manchester, where they then get on a train to Leeds, where they then get on a train to Settle. Which is in Yorkshire. So we get a hunter team to Settle. Yes, Mark and Karen uh, head north to to Settle um, as they try and hunt them down. But a really important part of the process here is that whole journey. Mm. Um, So they use that card minutes in, and, you know, we don't know at which point here that the HQ pick up that activity, but it's never going to be an instantaneous thing. No. Which is, which is the key thing. But what they are critically able to do is use CCTV battening mm-hmm. um, to put the pieces of the jigsaw together. So this is basically looking at that original piece of footage, which is them at the cash point, and analysing absolutely every key detail that they can see within that scene yeah um and what they're able to do by that is obviously pick up that the the key detail in that is look for a vehicle because a vehicle gets you on movement they get the registration plate then it's an ampr 
then it can be tracked to where they are and then they just use CCTV cameras to basically play a visual game of um, where's Wally? Yeah, they follow where they go. Mm. They follow them onto a train and then obviously from that they can find out where that train's going, what stops it has. They can check the CCTV at each stop and follow them from train to train to train. Monotonous job to do it but you have to do it in order to to follow their movements and that's why you get a real indicator of where people are and then you can start to flood those areas with either people to search or social media campaigns or or whatever to really flush them out but i think what they they probably needed to do a better job of was like we said with ricky allen Parked his bloody car next to the phone yeah. box. Yeah, don't park so close to whatever you're going to use. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be CCTV. It is almost impossible to escape CCTV. But CCTV, despite what they'll have you believe, is not everywhere. No. Not every square inch of the world is covered by a camera. No. So what you can do is you can take your time to pre-plot those routes mm. and, you know stick to side routes stick to stick off of main roads go down little ginnels mm. and jetties where you can maybe even double back on yourself yep. change your appearance in that that ginnel or, or jitty or twitchel twitchel or whatever it is you want to call <laughs> it and you know really really play up to it like what i would have done if i was them they've got this big circle of friendship network right they will have someone that is of similar build to them. Mm-hmm. I would have gone to the, the bank, taken out the money. I think that's the right thing to do early on because yeah, you've there's got so to get, much resource. Yeah, you've got to get your money straight away, I think. Yeah. Because there's so many other people in the game and the limited resources yeah. they've got. It's, it's your golden opportunity. Yeah. What I would have done at that point is I would have gone on foot um, in a distinctive outfit, cap, I don't know, let's say for argument's sake, um, my grey cap, my dark blue coat yeah. with my black trainers. Yeah. I would have prearranged a friend to meet us in a ginnel, jitty, twitchel, whatever alleyway. you want to call it, alleyway where there are no cameras. Yeah. Switched clothing with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I would have then, you know that there's CCTV at either end, so you can't avoid that. But you've switched clothing. You're in a completely different outfit. Yeah. Hey, they've not seen anyone going in to that because they're not looking for anyone going yeah. into it, really. They're only looking for you going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I would have done at, at, at that point is either gone, doubled back on myself yeah. in, the new out, in the new outfit mm-hmm. or sent my friends or sent my friends back that way. Mm-hmm. Because the hunters will be looking at one or two ends and they're looking for two people coming out in a blue cap, in a grey cap, sorry, blue coat, black trainers, yep. blue jeans. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. I'm going to be wearing grey jean, gray jeans, a T-shirt and whatever, a woolly hat or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're not looking for me. No. So it's that classic decoy tactic. Yep. But what they've done is they've just gone, bank, car, away we go. They didn't even swap cars. Yeah. Like I would have gone... Gone a bit, maybe gone country off road. country road where there's no NPR, swap cars, 
and then you you clear. Send that other car on it. Yeah. Assuming north, I'd have gone south. Yeah. Or vice versa, or east or west. Yeah. Whatever. Send the car the opposite way because then they're watching that car and then not watching for where you're actually going. There there were so many other things that they could have done. Yeah. What you have to do is you have to think of it like if you get a paintbrush, okay. What are you laughing at? This analogy is going to be great. Okay, sorry. You get a paintbrush in a white canvas. Yeah. Dip that brush in as much paint as you can, right? So it's dripping with paint. Yeah. That's your DNA. That's your footprint. Right. right? And then you just throw it, splash it at the wall. Right. What's it going to do? It's going to splatter everywhere. Yeah. Which then, imagine that paint is your story. Yep. Right. What's it done? It's not given one track. It's given... Lots of tracks. For it to follow. And imagine yeah. that... That, those little paint droplets falling down the wall, running down the wall and splitting off into these different things. Mm. If you've done that and you've created this big blur, this big splurge of diversion, what you've done is you've set a really good trail. You've set a really good story. You've given yourself the best chance to get away, but these don't. And I no. think their mistake is they sort of almost stay in, in one area for a little bit and they, they go to that... They go and settle and settle. Yeah. And they're just on an onward path. I think it's not easy for the hunters to follow them, but they've given them a much easier trail than yeah, what they had they've, previously. they've not moved. Mm. Obviously, we get some bin searching as well, like we've, we've said, and we've discovered some more records. Um, and HQ discovered that uh, Emma may well be pregnant because she's had a number of appointments and stuff with um, doctors and things like that. And Peter Blexley again comes out with a quote, says, if this is true, we need to unashamedly exploit that. What were your thoughts and feelings when you heard him say that as a woman? Oh, thank you. As a woman. It's a fucking stretch. But... <laughs> as a female. <laughs> um... Like if you if that was you in your position, would you want to would you be comfortable with that part of your life being exploited. She being sort of to. made it obvious, though. Very similar to the whole um, Lauren and Emily thing where she's always calling her son. Mm. They're going to exploit yeah, that element. Because it's... So here, Emma has called the medical centre five times before going. That's making it obvious that there is something medical there. So she's given it to them. She's handed it to them. Same with Emily... Her son is so out there on social media and the kind of posts that she puts out there, she makes it obvious that at some point she's going to go and see him or she's going to ring him. It's a weakness. You know, they're not going to be able to go... Like, Emily's not going to be able to go that long without seeing her son. And Emma has... And I'm not... You know, come at me if you disagree, but it can be seen as a weakness. Yeah, because your your whole mental state changes. Your you, whole thing you're... of what you, you want to do. You you naturally then want to protect. Yeah. What's inside? So she's not gonna want to stay out in the cold. But also, she's not gonna have the same energy levels as someone out as she's. You know, say someone who is not isn't pregnant. And I, I got the feeling as well that she wasn't sure. Yeah, it was very early, and I don't yeah. think she'd necessarily broached it to him yet. Because I, I think also, if she'd broached it to him, he'd have gone. We're not doing it. I also think the ringing of the medical centre five times was to try and get test results. 
Yeah, before she went. And to be clear. she hadn't got them. Yeah. And that is why. And they weren't sure. And so that's why maybe she was a bit. Yeah. A bit all over the place. She basically needed something to take her mind off being outside anyway. Mm. Um, and they managed to do that because they went to stop at a friend's farm. They did. Did you get the friend's names? I didn't know. Me neither. Um, <laughs> I got one of them. Um, they were stopping at a friend's farm and a friend of that friend, Beth, had seen the hunters driving around the area. So the other friends head off to check to check it out, leaving Adam and Emma sitting alone well, alone-ish, because they had a walkie-talkie. Yes. Um, so they go off to search. They they radio through that it's an all-clear. It's just a recovery vehicle and a camper van. Yeah. Um, and that's it. They breathe a little bit easier and, and yep. sort of, uh, you know, away they go. Yes. And then this is, <coughs> this is where we can try and um, have a bit of a mini-rant before we get to the main rant later. Yep. Because we move on to part three. And we're now in HQ as they're trying to get intel. And Peter Blexley says, um, we've not had anything on Emma and Adam since their bank usage, um, which would be a, a week ago tomorrow. tomorrow. So that would indicate that that's six days in because they used their bank card within minutes of going on, their mm-hmm. run, on the run. Yeah. Which, blink and you miss it information, by the way. Yeah. That. So we're essentially a week in now as they're trying to get intel. And then all of a sudden... Um, they've left Yorkshire five days ago. They're now in Wales, living off the land, and they're twelve days in. Yeah, we go from six day. We go from six days or to seven tw- to 12. twelve in the blink of an eye. Yeah, yeah. So we go from a remote corner of Wales hiking to twelve days on the run. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Running low on funds trying to find somewhere to stay. And they stumble across a campsite which Emma calls the gloomiest campsite ever. And to be fair to her, I mean, they may have colour graded it in the edit, but it looked an absolute shit tip. And we've been to some campsites in, in Wales. Well, we've been to two Haven sites in Wales, not slandering them, but one of them was absolutely woeful. And, you know, this particular one which was shown on screen wasn't a Haven, it was just a generic campsite. Mm. Looked like the setting of a 1960s Netflix um, crime thriller set in Wales. It did. It looked like if you stayed there, someone at some point was going to be murdered. Welcome and to the no- campsite, my pretties. And not, mm. I'm not talking like a little murder. I'm talking 15 stab wounds. 
ear cut off murder. You're talking like souvenir style. Yes. Murder. Okay. Um, and but you know maybe she sensed that. Maybe because she didn't want to camp there, and uh, it caused a bit of a rift as mm-hmm. they went off to try and find somewhere with very little money, and they quickly found. That, like the proverbial nativity play, that there was no room at the inn. Yes. Uh, we see that Adam sort of gives up and just puts his bag down. Emma goes off to start looking for somewhere to stay. She comes back with some information and Adam basically says, I'm done with decisions. Whatever you want to do, we're doing. I'm done. She comes up with part of the decision is uh, the information that she was given is that there might potentially be something at the White Lion pub. So they head off there and they get a cheap drink, which just looked like maybe lime juice or something. It looked like lime cordial and lemonade or lime cordial and water. Didn't look great. No. Uh, But they're barely talking and they decide to head back to camp. And that's where we leave them uh, for a little bit until we pick them up against um, again in part four. So maybe they, you know, one or two things could have happened here, right? They had such an argument that the camera guys thought, fuck this, we're going to go and find a hotel. Mm -hmm. We'll see you in a couple couple of days' time. Or they did what all married couples do in that young state of things and they did a cuddle to keep warm. <laughs> they did a cuddle. They did a cuddle. But they didn't look very happy when they are on the bus. That's a good Going point. back to the campsite. So that cuddle possibly came after the bus. They did. <laughs> right, moving on to part four, please. So when we get to part four, we see that Emma and Adam have sent a postcard to the hunters, which has a postmark of Wales on it. HQ, though, smell a decoy, and Bletchley's having absolutely none of it. Nah. He's going, right, I'm having a fag before I swear. I'm getting the up with this. That's my very bad Peter <laughs> Bletchley impression. I will never do it again. I apologise profusely. Um, so then we see that Adam and Emma are not in Wales. They are having a day with friends at Lord's. They need to get captured just for this, because watching cricket is like watching paint yes. dry. Um, so HQ look into Emma and Adam's network, um, and their inner circle is placed under close observation. Yes, and five days prior to them going to Lord's, we see them, it's like a little bit of a flashback, um, cracking and trying to create an audacious plan to go under the hunter's nose. Um and basically just go back into um, into into London. Mm. And I got at this point that they thrive on danger. Yeah. Because going to Lords, being with the friends, they seemed a lot more happier with it. Um, and I think they were just buoyed up by the fact that anyone could at any point, you know, get hands on yeah. it. So you've been, been captured. They seem to like that little bit of um, drive and fire to, mm. to, to really go under the hunter's noses, hence the, the postcard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we see that they go and stay with work colleague Mitch and his partner Caroline. Um, and their plan is to then sort of hop between their friends. Yeah. And they send coded text messages uh, to a gentleman called Tom Clark. Uh, and obviously because HQ at this point have decided to infiltrate their friends network and put things on monitoring those text messages. He's one of those friends that text message is intercepted and read, and the cryptic message arouses suspicion. Mm-hmm. Um, so they deploy a team from HQ. Dave, Julie, get your coats. Dave and Julie are out. Um, they make their presence known at the address to which try... Is in Crouch End in London, by the way. Thank you. Uh, to try and spook them, which it does, because they are spooked. Uh, and Julie... 
Goose open, knocks on the door. Knock, knock, who's there? It's the hunters. <laughs> so whilst Julie's knocking on the door, Emma and Adam are trying to come up with a with a plan. Yeah, they're sort of sitting in the bedroom, aren't they? And Mitch and Caroline are trying to sort of fend them off as, as much. Julie's there not letting them go. Julie's you've not got, taking any of that Dave shit. around the back watching the, the other exit and making sure that nobody's running for it. Um, and that's really their downfall, really, because I think at this point, Emma's sort of given up. She mm. accepts that they are sitting ducks. She accepts that they are, you know, going to get captured. So decides to do the only one thing, really, that they've got left in their um, armoury at this point. Yeah. And that is to one surrender whilst one runs. Because I yeah. think she's thinking... He can get on his own. Yeah, and that there's only maybe one hunter. Yeah. Um... So their plan is for Emma to be a diversion and go straight out the front and basically straight to Dave and Julie's arms um, and for Adam to go the other way and sort of go the back way. So Emma goes out and he's captured straight away. Uh, Adam goes out... Off camera, by the way. Off we camera. Don't see it. Yeah, we don't see we it. Hear, we, we just hear... the radio yeah. through, don't we? Yeah. Um, Adam goes... And um, he does a little run and he hides behind a car. And it's it's very much a, it's very much Dave just walking <laughs> through the car park. And he goes, ah, Adam. You've been hunted. Come with me, please. Yeah. But it is the most like <laughs> nonchalant car <laughs> walk. He's like, you ain't running, are you? It's like, it's yeah, it's like I'm all good. And he's just there behind this car thinking, now, this is where they went wrong, right? Right. She went and got captured off camera. Yeah. But he ran at the same time. Yeah, What no. he should have done is gone up into the loft and hid. Yeah. Hide out and, you know, re- find a really good hiding place, get in a loft, get in a cupboard, whatever, whatever and, and really, really, like, pretend there's no trace. And if, yeah. if your friends are good enough at fronting up and going, it was only Emma that was ever here. Yeah, because they didn't know that it was both of them. Yeah. You know, it's only Emma that was ever here. He could have got away. Yeah. And he could have potentially gone on the journey. The, the problem was that he tried to escape straight away. Yes. He tried to run there and then, whereas, you know, other people in, in the past have stayed there and then managed to, to run on and, and leg it. Mm-hmm. It's not always been successful. I'm thinking in one of the uh, celebrity series, I think it was it might have been Chizzy. Where she um, hid in the laugh. Good old, I think it was uh, Melv, Melv who went up and did like a little thing and didn't spot her, bless like, him. Like a little makeup. No one here. No, she's not here. But he, to, be, to his credit, he did then go back outside and sit in the car yeah. and, and wait it out um, and keep eyes on the house. But yeah, we've seen it before where hunters have been captured one and, and then gone and they've brought the story that they'd split up earlier mm. so it could have worked but in the end it didn't work and uh, emma and adam no sooner had they uh, started their journey on the run that then it was uh, it was finished emma at the front door adam in a car park and three months later baby emma slash adam was on the way yes congratulations uh, can 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 i just say that um i wrote down J- dave and julie sunglasses when they're uh, back yes. in the van, uh, you had Emma and Adam sat next to each other looking all, you know, lovey-dovey, whatever. And you had Dave next to them with his sunglasses on, arms folded, Julie in the back, sunglasses on. Both of them meant business. Yeah, they did. Uh, interesting as well. You know, we've spoken about this a little bit before and no doubt we'll speak about it. We'll be speaking about it as this episode goes out. This time next week, we're going to be sat in a room with Raymondo. Raymondo! Looking forward to that, the current deputy. 
um, to give his thoughts on Series 1, etc. Um, but obviously now it's HQ and HQ. They don't get out. No. Whereas in the early series, and especially in this series, which is only four ground teams, they do a lot. So if it's in London, they're out. Yeah. And Dave and Julie are both surveillance experts. Yes. So they've got that skill set as well before, you know, moving into their current roles. So... Yeah, it's quite interesting to see that. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, Emma and Adam. That kid will be, what? Seven, eight? eight? eight seven, eight years yeah. old now? Wow. Back in London, former undercover detectives Nicola Thorne and Danny Brook arrive at the Channel's flat to search for clues. What, a Prosecco, Chianti, camping on Dartmoor. Map showing wild camping areas, campsites. What's your gut feeling on the Dartmoor angle? Is it too obvious? HQ spot the deception, but are left with little else to go on. With these two, it is planned. They've prepared really well. In essence, they're a strong, united couple. They've got each other for morale. They've got each other to conspire, plot and plan with. If I was going to become a fugitive, I would certainly like to be a fugitive with my wife. She's my best mate. I kind of envy her. But I want to catch him. Newlyweds Adam and Emma Channel believe they've hit on a brilliant plan to evade capture. By trekking through the Yorkshire Dales and camping at night, they're giving the hunters little to go on. But conditions have deteriorated, and the reality of going rural is hitting home. I'm about to puke because I've already exhausted. At the top of this here. Emma and Adam have been identified getting into a black Porsche outside a cash point in London, minutes after they went on the run. Emma Northbound, Junction 14. The hunters use number plate recognition technology to trace the Porsche's journey to Milton Keynes Station. They got on a train to Manchester, Milton Keynes train service. The hunters pieced together Adam and Emma's route using a technique called CCTV battening following a fugitive's movements from camera to camera. They tracked the fugitives from Manchester Station to Leeds and then onto a train to settle in the Yorkshire Dales. Hello, mate, it's Ben. Hi, Ben. Head towards Settle, Yorkshire, last known sighting of the channels. Thank you very much. We may get lucky. What's the latest on this? Who's behind these people? Flex. It will be a week tomorrow since they've withdrawn any cash. Yeah. Will they surface? Will they come up for air? I think they're playing a really good game. I, I think that they're laying low. Now, my suspicion is it's stressful doing what they're doing, being as quiet as they are. Oh, God, I hate to be here. There's camps out here. Oh, this is the gloomiest camp ever. Seriously, guys, this is kind of off limits. Stay strong, sweetheart. As Emma is unwilling to camp, they head into town to look for a cheap room, but there's little on offer. You want to ask at the cafe? At the... What do you feel for? Bye. I'm going to try again. I'm not sleeping in this fucking awful camping. What do you think? I can't, I can't see it working at all. I can't see there being any point in this. Like, who, who sees somebody coming off the streets? Oh, is anybody renting a room for about the same price or cheaper than I can pitch a tent in a campsite? This is thought of a campsite that's freaking me out. I don't know what the expectation was. This is the hardest day so far. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's one that's starting to fuck me off the most, to be honest. Guys, we've got a postcard here from the channels. Dear hunters, did you forget about us? We are having a lovely holiday, but we're a little bit worried that he seemed to be struggling to find us. So we thought we'd send you this clip. Lots of love. 
Adam and Emma. Kiss, kiss, pop, pop. You put the kisses, yes. Stamped with a postmark from Wales, the hunters believe the card is a bid to throw them off the scent. They could be anywhere. Exactly. Difficult to say with absolute certainty. They could be absolutely anywhere. Right, I'm having a fag before I swear, because I'm getting the hump with this. Sure enough, Emma and Adam have left Wales. Now they're having a day with friends at Lord's in London. Right under the hunters' noses. We're jumping at shadows, but it's fun again. The difference between how Emma and I feel now and how we felt when we were in the wilds of Wales to now is huge. On Fugitives Adam and Emma channel, what I want Stacey and you to do today is draw me up a list of the significant people in the fugitives' lives. They scour phone records and online profiles to find which of the couple's most trusted associates to monitor. Adam and Emma's inner circle is placed under close observation, and HQ monitor the phone calls and text messages between the group. They're a very social people. They've got a network of friends. They, you know, they're very close and they're very tight. I can't help thinking that they will be in touch with somebody. To remain undetected, Adam and Emma plan to hop between friends. Meet us on the S of Queenswood. They send a coded message to set up their next rendezvous. So you say meet me rather than meet us. Phone monitoring came back. Tom Clark had a text from oh from a Caroline Watson registered. Start lead. In HQ, the cryptic tone of the message arouses suspicion. So we have an address to check, whereas a potential where Adam and Emma could be. If they're this close by, this is a significant advantage for us. A team is deployed from HQ. Okay, Dave, get ready. I don't know who the fuck she is. Right. Fuck. <sighs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Surely not. Charlie, ask you going to the rear of the premises. Roger that. He's coming around the back. Get in the, get in the bedroom, draw the curtains now. We won't be able to post make it. It's clear now. But I can make a diversion. Ah, oh, she hits himself. She's got a tiny, tiny chance. We need to believe in it. Okay, we believe they're about to come out of the premises. Roger. Thank you, Julie. You're going around the back. Going around the back. Okay, we have Emma. Copy that. I have a mistake. Roger. We know where you are. You are surrounded. He's now wearing a grey hoodie. Grey hoodie. Confirmed. Adam, you've been hunted. Come with me, please. Go ahead. Yes. Well done, guys. We have Adam. I say again, we have Adam. Always need a swoosh noise. <laughs> uh, should we go to Emily? Yeah, so earlier we caught up with Lauren who uh, was crying into a hotel room towel in a Derbyshire hotel. Meanwhile, uh, eight we presume 18 days in, because that's where, the judging by the narrative, um, Emily is 100 miles southeast of Lauren, still hitchhiking, missing her son, not sleeping, and is now mentally tired. She's got to the point now where she's on the brink of a breakdown and doesn't care whether she gets captured or not. She needs to go and see her son. Yes. Uh, We see that she has a decoy plan, which is to post her bank card to her mum in Brighton, but she's using someone that she's met whilst hitchhiking. She's given her bank card to someone that she's met whilst hitchhiking, who's going to post the card 
bank card to her mum in Brighton from their home address. So obviously it gets their stamp on it. Um, and then we see that she's in Cleethorpes. I mean, I don't know why you'd choose Cleethorpes, but anyway. Uh, she's in Cleethorpes playing mini golf. I mean, I do like a game of mini golf slash crazy golf, but Cleethorpes probably isn't the place to do it. We went and recorded what well, I did. A podcast once with a former football manager that lived up there, and we went as a as a group, and we went to Cleethorpes after. We had the worst chips that we'd ever they had. It was shocking, and there was a golf course there, and it just looked grim, didn't it? it looked like someone Ooh. had died there. So, anyway, maybe it was better in 2015. Maybe, maybe it was a lot better in 2015. Maybe. Uh, anyway, um, it's here where she decides that she needs to uh, to to go home um, and to go and try and see. Um, Ernest, her son, because 19 days in, she's still in Cleethorpe's way, uh, Lincolnshire area as well, and decides to make a last-ditch plan um, to go home. But this is crucially two days after sending the card back to Brighton, back to her home area. So not only has she sent the decoy back there to be used Mm -hmm. to make the hunters think that she's there, she's walking into the bloody trap. Yeah. She's well away from it. They've got no idea where she is. And the one thing she decides to do is, I'm going to get, I'm going to go exactly where I've sent my card. Yeah, stupid. Maybe it's not the kid she's got attachment issues to. Maybe it's the card. Maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, she uh, she travels south. Impressively, hitchhiking, stowaway, um, changing her appearance with uh, homeless people, swapping jackets, etc. And in one day, he travels 200 miles on less than £15. I mean, that is impressive. Can't disagree with that. That's amazing that is impressive. Um, Well done, her. Um, She gets to her mum's house. She gets to see her son, who, can I say, doesn't look all that fussed. (laughs) No. Well, after that long away, she's probably got no idea who she is. Yeah. Bless her. But anyway, um, and then we see that HQC, the activity on the account of the cash withdrawal and her decoy could be her downfall. And they're still fixated on the whole that at some point she will try and go and see Ernest thing. And Smiley Steve delivers uh, a beautiful line, find the baby, find Emily, with a lovely <laughs> smile on his face. Um, so HQ send a covert team to break into her mum's house. But when they get there... Emily and her mum are gone. Interesting with this as well that um, it said in the narrative that they'd been given the okay to to break in, which is fine because they'd have signed mm. all the, the, the things before yep. going on the run. Um, but also to execute the capture. Whereas in later series, if it's not a member of the full time ground team, mm. they cannot execute the capture. Nope. Um, they have to. I think we see like a ghost. They dr- drives them to drives them into the arms of. Uh, the, the team essentially yes um, so interesting to see that they'd been given the okay to capture um, but they're just too late because she'd um, got in her mum's car driven off told her son that there, she was being chased by some serious bastards um, and escaped via another hitched, hitched lift uh, where the trail on Emily goes cold yep swash noise Almost a hundred miles southeast of Lauren, her best friend Emily Dredge continues to hitchhike. But she's missing her son, and running solo is nerve-wracking. I'm running out of steam. I mean, I'm so mentally tired. If Lauren was with me, I wouldn't feel so scared. But she's not. Could I ask you a huge favour when you get home? Could you post my card to my mum from your home address? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, very, very impressed. 
as her bank card heads south towards Brighton. Emily journeys north to the seaside town of Cleethorpes. Emily, why have we chosen to play golf? To take my mind off the ball. Is it nice to do something a bit more normal? Yeah. Well, it still doesn't feel normal, does it? I'm just flying in the face of it because I've had enough and I need to see my son. At the last minute, Emily's decided to make a dash south to see her baby. It's a huge risk, as two days ago she sent her bank card home as a decoy. The next certain lead would be if my mum had got that card today and withdrawn that money. After weeks of evading the hunters, Emily's using all the tricks she's learned to get back to her baby. Hitchhiking. No one's very friendly around here except you guys. Travelling as a stowaway. Nothing like stampede of people. <laughs> and changing her disguise at every opportunity. Do you want a new jacket instead of the one you've got on? Do you want this one? Yes, please. Yes. Okay, can you swap it with yours, please? Okay. You're welcome. In one day, Emily travels more than 200 miles on less than 15 pounds. Hi, Mummy. Hello. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've got activity on Emily Dredge's account. Oh, yeah. She's taken up yeah, 250 yeah. pounds oh. about half an hour ago. So is this down by Brighton, where Paula lives? Yeah. Yeah. Find the baby, find Emily. <laughs> just took all the money out of your account. Oh, you've done it. You've done it. They're going to be here soon. Got it this morning. Emily's decoy could now prove to be her downfall. We've just got the video back. So ATM usage for Emily Dredge. Positive identification for Paula Wood making the withdrawal. OK, excellent. Go, go. They immediately deploy their covert team. These undercover agents specialise in breaking into and searching key targets undetected. Now, it may be that she has been at Paula's address and heading back out or potentially looking to go there. Something now is ringing and something's telling me she is really struggling emotionally. She needs contact with her loved ones. The covert team arrive at Paula's house. They receive the all clear to break in and apprehend the fugitive. I know, it's very scary. We're going on the run for some serious bastards, Ernest. Whatever we have to do, Mummy, whatever it takes. <laughs> Ernest loves it. Having seen her family. Mm, I love you, I love you. Bye, Ernest. See you in a week. Bye bye. Emily hitches yet another lift. Bye. And the trail goes cold. Shall we meet the final pair of fugitives that we're left to, we're yet to see at this Go point on, in then. the series in terms of the podcast? Go on, then. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Freddie and Jackie. At HQ, the hunters are focusing on a pair of fugitives who are proving elusive. Freddie Young and Jackie Omar. They're annoying me. <laughs> the amount of social media we had on them, I thought it'd be a quick win. It may be that they're being very good. I'm getting annoyed that we haven't got right behind them. We've got a lot to uncover. Jackie, she is my mother-in-law. We make a good team and don't take no shit from anyone. Essentially, she's got it in her to be a crook. I don't scare easily. I get nervous, but I don't scare easily. Freddie and Jackie are, like, mum-in-law, son-in-law. Yes, so Freddie 
is either married to or in a civil partnership with or just going out with Jackie's son. Yes. Can't remember his name, didn't write it down. No, but when we see Freddie and Jackie, they're five days in. By the way, what pair are these as we see them on uh, the screen? Number seven. Pair 2A and 2B. Fuck's sake. Um, they're five days in. So what have they been doing for five days? Yeah, we don't really get get much information on, on them, no. do we? We just get that they escaped with Jackie's husband. Yeah. And they travelled south down the uh, A12 to London. They did a switcheroo in Romford at a friend's house in Chingford to change their appearance. Um, and their plan was, was to, to have, have no, no plan. plan. Yeah. Their plan is to have no plan. And it's just, yeah, it's mad. Somehow they get down to the east coast to Caestron-Sea to a caravan park where they're holed up for three days um, with, and I wrote down here, shit card games. Yes. Will the hunters catch us today? Black for yes, red for no. He's just picking a yeah. card, so it's not, it's um... not a measured way of making a decision. <laughs> then they decide uh, to venture to the shops, but they abandon said trip when they get scared by a big car. Yeah. And they go back and Freddie says, let's have a nice cup of tea and wait for this all to blow over. To be honest, I wouldn't even bother putting the kettle on. No, no. So this is where it gets a little bit annoying. So we know from episode two that Harinda and Davinda set a decoy trap that they are going to Caster on Sea. So teams are sent to Caster on Sea. Including Danny and Nick. Yeah. The other team was uh, Steve and Nathan, I yes. think. Yes. So we know that there are teams in there. But Harinda and Davinda got captured in episode two. Yes. Right? We're now in episode five. But apparently it's the same fucking timeline. And at the same time. But why aren't we showing them at the same time? So, Danny and Nick are in Caster on Sea looking for Harinda and Davinda. We tried to work this out through our notes, didn't we, about yes. like at what timeline this was. So I'm just having a little scroll back to my episode two notes. Um, I'm just going to quickly recap Harinda and Divinda just to try and sort of uh, get to where we were. So uh, they're in Leicester. You're on the run. Shit. Uh, last adventure. All of that sort of stuff. Um, Nikki and Danny head to their homes. And then I think it's probably two or three days later where they find uh, the email saying, uh, read and delete, and obviously it's a it's a decoy. And then Steve gets the unconfirmed sighting um, of um, a similar-looking du- duo going to a hotel, um, and then it was a negative sighting in the hotel. But we do know that they were also searching caravan sites because um, it was to go to Caestron Sea where they know somebody who's, I think, got a caravan. Yeah. And what happens in this episode... When we see Danny and Nick, we're talking episode five now, going to um, Caster on Sea, the voiceover, the guy from Two Thieves' His Wife yeah. in the Canoe um, and the other things that we've seen him in, says um, police officers Thorne and Brooke are on the hunt for two brothers. Yeah. So Davinda and Harinda aren't even referenced. It's just two brothers, which makes you as a viewer think if you forgot all about it, think about this over the course of week by week and not in the close proximity mm. we're watching it, that there's potentially two others in the game that we don't know about. Yeah, yeah. We're just searching for some brothers. It's just but daft. It's, it's weeks down the line and episode-wise, so it doesn't make any sense why they're be not being shown until now. 
Well, essentially, at this point, right, we're at part two here, okay? And in part one, we've seen Lauren and Emily 18 days, yeah. 19 days on the run. So yeah. we've gone from 18 and 19 days back to, let's say, well, five days. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. It, it just, the flow of it doesn't make sense. Yes. Yeah. Just... I'm so glad they changed it in future series because it is so frustrating and infuriating to watch because you just can't piece together where people were no. at what at what times. It like if this was a movie, it'd get absolutely smashed for continuity because it's there is shit. there is none. But anyway, anyway, they're looking for Harinda and Davinda. They're looking at this, looking on the site that Freddie and Jackie are on. Jackie, by pure accident, by, by the way. By pure accident, it's the last site that they're looking at. Jackie sees them and panics, and in that panic, draws them in. Yes. Instead of just acting normal, she panics. Yes, so straight away, um, Danny and Nick, you know, theorise that it's not Harinda and Navinda that are there, but there is definitely other fugitives mm. there. They don't know who it is at this point. No. And there is a potential um, thing where they might think it's Emma and Adam. Yes. Um, but obviously they've not had the the pictures of them at, at that point, so they all know that it's male and female, so yeah. they're just theorising on yeah. who, who it could be because the only other male-female pairing is Emma and Adam. Yes. There wasn't another male-female pairing, was, was there? No, it was two, two females, yeah. two males, yeah. two males, yeah. yeah, two solo males. Two solos. Yeah, there's only two pairs of male-female, so yeah. they're theorising at this yeah. point. Um, so... Freddie and Jackie close all the curtains, they cover all the windows, which then draws suspicion. Yeah. Because you're saying you've got something to hide. Um, so we get eyes on the caravan, we approach, um, we go and knock on the door. Well, before that, we have them chain-smoking in the bedroom. Chain-smoking right. in the bedroom. They do a lot of chain-smoking. I think they also take a shot of Jack Daniels as well. Yeah, you mean, you, yeah, just to calm the nerves. Yeah. And he says, um, don't shake, don't be scared. Well, you probably you should probably be. You probably should be. Um, we get a knock on the door and it's only once they open the door and they're in the caravan that they actually all figure out who it is. Yeah. Because you hear someone in the HQ go, oh, it's Freddie and Jackie. Yeah, I do wonder whether that was put in in post, you know. Probably. Because it was, yeah, it's in, It's interesting. That's post-production for those that have no idea what I was talking about. Um, yeah, but that's where I got the whole knock-knock Who's there? Grant Hunters, Grant Hunters who, Grant Hunters who've come to catch you. So, from. yeah. So that's, you know, they're out of the game, but uh, it was we didn't see them much. We literally saw them for, for two parts, but the ones like that you get out of the way in those early episodes. Yeah. And then you focus on more of the story. But why board. weren't they dealt with when they were looking for Harinda and Davinda? Yeah, uh, that's in that same episode, there's no logic, right, which puts them... Even from an editor's point of view, right? I mean, I'm not. I've never done TV. I'd love to if anyone wants to give me a job. I'd love to. Um, but I've made radio programs before mm-hmm. and storyboards, and I just know that it's just better. It makes more logical sense to go whilst they're looking for Harinda and Davinda. Let's introduce Freddie and Jackie. Yeah. Um, because then you can do that. Oh, it's it's parallel, and it makes more sense hmm. because then later on in the series. We've essentially, in this episode, got to production and thought, oh, bollocks, we've still got two lots of fugitives <laughs> to, to put in here. We're, we're a bit scrambling. Emma and Adam, they, by contrast, had a much bigger journey yeah. 
and a much probably what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they probably did a lot, lot more, which yeah. they could have drilled into, and there were probably a lot more near misses and things like that. If you get these two, Freddie and Jackie, out of the way, you can give them a little bit more, and you can explore mm-hmm. their journey, journey a little bit more. It just doesn't make sense for two fugitives who were captured by pure accident because they're looking for two other fugitives who were captured two episodes ago to be introduced two episodes later. No. Introduce them at the same time. All right, I can hear the the others going, well, there's a reference to... I think Ben makes a reference to Emma and Adam at that Mm -hmm. point. Well, if all the fugitives are introduced at the start, even if we don't see them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's And you just see them in, in glimpses. Yeah. In the little updates like you get at the start of the show nowadays. It makes more more sense. Yes. But it was baffling and I had to put a pillow in front of my face when we were watching this because I was laughing so hard <laughs> at how annoyed and irate you were getting by it. It's just fucking ridiculous. Thorne and Brooke have been deployed to Caestron Sea to investigate a potential sighting of two brothers who've been on the run for seven days. They could literally be anywhere around here. Come on, let's get them. They've been searching campsites and caravan parks in the area and have one more to check. Oh, look at that. Oh, there's loads of them. Literally hundreds. Right, I'm just going to take a real slow drive. Fuck, that's them. What was that there? Oh. So I'll bring that in. Yeah. In the room. Unfortunately for Freddie and Jackie, the hunters have stumbled across their hideout. Driving around the, the caravan park, there was a white female. She stopped like a rabbit in the headlights and then carried on going and got into the caravan. Right. And then as we've gone past the caravan, we've seen a white male in there. I just want to make sure you've got the route in and out covered at the moment. Yeah. Just cover the choke points. Okay. They've now assessed their pictures and they believe there is a possibility it could be Adam and Emma Channel. Not positive ID, but they want to go and do an inquiry. They want to knock on the door. Do it. Got a feeling it might be actually a different set of fugitives in that caravan park. Chances are a million to one, considering we had intelligence leads on other fugitives going to that area. But we might be wrong, but we've got to chase it up. They stood there, they pulled up, bang outside our caravan, and I looked at them and they looked at me. And I just went... So they know where we are. No, because I'm disguised. Not much. Right. This is what we're going to do. Um, we are going to. I think if they know where we are, why are we hiding in the fucking bedroom? I'm not going down that far. They've got all the windows, all the curtains are now closed. You want to shot a JD? Yeah. yeah. I must admit, I am shaking. No, don't shake, don't be scared. We're going to be okay. Hello. Hello, boss. Right, we've got eyes on the caravan. I'm going to do the approach now, boss. OK. Roger. Yeah. Fucking boss. We've got Rupnik. We've got Rupnik. Go up to the fucking door, Fred. Oh, hello. 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 Oh, my God, it's Freddie Young. Are you kidding me? Jesus. Are you kidding me? Good job, guys. I must say. Wow, well done. Well done, guys. Today was a bit of luck, clearly. They were in the game, now they're out of the game. Aaron and Adam were in the game, now they're out in they're out of the game. So we were exactly where we are at the start of episode six as we were at the start of episode five. Yeah, we've got Emily and Emily and Lauren, Stephen and Martin. We didn't see much of either of them this week except for 
Emily, yeah. who provided a little bit of a buffer. But next week we will, because we're in episode six, which means it's extraction. We mm-hmm. see from the little teaser at the end of the episode that they're going to be extracted by plane. Yeah. Which we look forward to. N- not by chopper. Good. By by plane. Good. Still by ear, though. Um, so we'll see how they will cope with it and we'll refresh our memory <laughs> on how that information is delivered and what happens in HQ yeah. and all of that. Um, and we will give you, we will bring that it out. It looked like they had a little timer countdown on the wall in HQ. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. yeah sort of that, a bit of a fleeting glimpse. That'd be interesting to see if uh, that's that's that and see what processes uh, they do and, and they change. So that'll be out for you this time next week. Mm-hmm. And then what we're recording today yeah. with Raymondo and uh, talking about the series in, in full... That'll be out the following week as we yes. do our, see, uh, our series recap and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, for our series recap, we really, really do want your messages and your thoughts. and Questions for Raymondo. Questions. bit pointless asking for questions now for Raymondo. Oh, isn't it? yeah, sorry. Because we'll be, as people are probably listening to this, we'll I mean, be... it might still be time. We're essentially recording with him after lunchtime on yeah. the day this goes So out. if they're quick. If you're quick. But, yeah. Anyway, your questions and your voice notes in general, um, because, you know, we, we really want to hear your your thoughts um, on the series and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, get them in and uh, we will do a little bit of a section if we get enough of, mm-hmm. enough of them um, afterwards where we play some of those voice notes um, and quest- ask some of those questions to each other and all of that yeah. stuff. Uh, and you do it via social media. Twitter at HuntedPod, Instagram at HuntedPod, Facebook HuntedPod, or email HuntedPod at Outlook.com. And remember, if you're going to send us an email, please do say something. Don't just say hello. Right, that is all we've got time for. One more episode to go on this series of uh, Hunted, as we do Hunted Revisited Series 1. But for now, though, that is it on Hunted Series one episode five join us next week as we talk about the series finale which is series one episode six for now there's only one thing left to say your time on the pod is over you have been hunted down by the way if you think you're having that final line next week when we've got ray not a chance goodbye bye Try to play, but you're never gonna beat me Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy Bloody hands stain from the people who deceive me Bloody hands break through the chains, go free me People like sheep move feet, hurt it easy You don't wanna be fast asleep when they see me Better stay tall, ready for a fight, believe me When they try the chains, you can say no, free me 